Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Before I get into my message, on Wednesday night, I, I, I said something that um, God had reminded me about kind of the third quarter of last year that he told me, and, um, and I felt like sharing it with you today as I did on Wednesday night, in case you weren't there. But um, God had told me in like the third quarter of last year, he said, the oil has dried up, but the oil hasn't run out. And I knew what it meant um, after I meditated for a minute, and that is the, the old way of thinking, the old way of doing things, like it's dried up. There's new ways, there's fresh oil that God wants to pour out on me, on my life, and on you and your life. And, uh, and I felt like it was for maybe some people here this morning that, hey, you know, God doesn't wanna just rebuild you, He wants to make you new. He doesn't just wanna recover the old things, He wants to give you new things. So, so if you if you're here and you're like, man, I've, I've kind of been like stuck in the old in the old oil, um, and I feel like it's dried up. But maybe there's some new for me. Maybe there's some new oil for me. Just lift your hand. I just want to pray for you this morning. Thank you, Lord, Father. I thank you for all these hands that are raised. God, I thank you that maybe the old oil has run out, but the but the the oil the the new oil is ready to be poured out. And Father, I thank you that as we step out into new things, God, that you would show us the unexpected things. God, that you would do exceedingly abundantly above whatever we've ever asked or thought. God, there's, there's room for more in 2024. And so Father, I thank you for fresh oil, fresh ideas, new relationships, healing, maybe where there's been sickness or pain in the past, healing breakthrough. Lord, I thank you that you're doing a new thing this year in 2024. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Come on, if you believe God, maybe he's going to shift something in your life. Why don't we clap for Jesus this morning? Come on, I'm believing for something. Why not? I like to pray the prayer that God, you can do exceedingly abundantly above. So God, I give you a permission to do more than I've thought about. Shock me. Do something cool. Expect the unexpected, Pastor Dana told me today. Expect the unexpected. AT&T says, rethink possible. Rethink possible. Some of us need to rethink possible. Amen. You guys ready for the, for the word this morning? All right, you can be seated. Punch somebody on the way down. Softly, because my wife's here. She might get mad at me. My wife's here, doesn't she look gorgeous with my other little gorgeous girl? I heard my parents are here too, but I don't see them yet. There they are, my parents are here today. Have you guys ever been to Bayhill before? Never been to Bayhill before. We've been telling them how awesome you guys are, so they had to come and check it out. It's always a good thing to see your parents in the stands. I grew up seeing my parents in the stands every game. 
I don't remember a game unless I was traveling to some other state where I didn't see my beautiful parents in the stands. So I want to honor you guys for always supporting me, even when I was doing dumb things. You believed in me. You believed in the impossible for me and let me learn some lessons. But uh, I love you, honor you, appreciate you. And your presence means something to me. So God bless you. This morning I want to just sort of, uh, I'm not sure, anybody there on Friday night? When, when uh, we literally touched heaven? <laughs> I'm believing that heaven's going to touch us today, this morning again. And... Um, a lot of my friends right now have um, have gates on the way into their homes. And the reason you have a gate at the inside of your home is because you're trying to restrict access to your personal things or your things that you see that are that are valuable. And gates are usually uh, usually connect two walls. There's usually a couple of walls that go around or a wall that goes around there and there's a gate in the middle that, per, that uh, attaches those or connects those two walls. And the gate can either act like an extension of the wall or an access point, depending on what the owner of the precious things on the inside wants to do. So for example, um, whenever I go to John and Teresa Mack's house, they have a gate and they give me the gate code but for some reason, whenever I put in the gate code at their house, it, like, it never opens. Anybody else could punch in the same code and the gate opens. So I think it's something with me that they don't want me to just to appear in random parts of the day or whatever. So I think they do something. So I always have to call Pastor Jonathan. I'm like, dude, can you let me in? Um, he's like, did you press? I'm like, I pressed the exact, it's in my phone. I pressed the exact thing. Never one time has it opened. I'm serious. It's so annoying. So he has to then from the inside open up the gate. But I always have to call him. There's other people that um, uh, have given me authorization. Whenever I get there, I just have to tell them who I am, and I have instant access into their, into their gate. But you can't get in a gate unless you have a code, unless you have access, authorization, maybe a key to get in. Um, because whoever is on the inside wants to protect something very, very precious, typically a house, more importantly, a family that lives in the house. And so they have a gate to protect it. I wanna to talk to you about gates this morning. Um, the presence of God to me is very, very precious. And I take it very, very seriously, and I count it an honor to be able to experience the presence of God. In order to enter into the presence of God, there are gates. And the reason there are gates is because it's a valuable thing that God holds very, very dear to him. And so it's not just for anybody. You have to have access. You have to have authorization. You might need a code. There are times where you may need to call somebody to let you in because maybe you forgot how to get into the presence. Or maybe you need to ask God and be like, God, I'm feeling far from you. Help me get into the presence. 
open the gate. It's very precious, and in the Old Testament, the presence of God was contained in a box called the Ark of the Covenant, and the Ark of the Covenant would move around from place to place, and very few people were allowed near the presence. The high priest would go into the Holy of Holies, which was separated uh, by a veil once a year to atone for the people, and he would experience the presence of God. There are a few people in the Old Testament that God would anoint or, or, or the Holy Spirit would come upon to do things like be kings or be prophets or be priests. So the Holy Spirit would come, the presence would come and empower them to do things wherever God has assigned them. But it was only certain people. It was only a few people, the people that God chose. As New Testament Christ Christians, I need you to understand we have a privilege to be in his presence. But you got to take it seriously. It's a precious, precious thing. So God sees that in the Old Testament, he's just putting the anointing on people and, and only certain people can experience the presence. Moses, if you read the Bible, used to go in the tabernacle and the Bible says that the presence of God would fill the whole room. And he would go in there and he would talk to God face to face. And then Joshua, his servant, would stay on the outside and he would just get the crumbs and he would linger in the presence. And it's interesting that Joshua was the one that took, people, took the Israelites into the promised land because the presence got on him. Whatever you linger in gets on you. If, you. if you get into the presence of God, if that's a common practice for you, it'll start to get on you. And you'll start to walk in the presence. You'll start to walk in the presence. And so God sees this and he goes, man, I want to change this. He goes, I want to be in relationship with everybody, not just the, the few, not just a privileged few. And so heaven invades earth by the name of Jesus. And Jesus comes into the earth, and now to be in the presence of God, you had to be in the presence of Jesus because he was God manifest in the flesh. So wherever Jesus went, that was the presence of God. So you could, you could get into the presence if you got near Jesus, but, 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 but you still had to be near Jesus, and it was still to the few that were around him. Until Jesus decided to finish what his assignment was, and that was to die on the cross. And the Bible says when he died on the cross, there was an earthquake, craziness happened, people were getting raised from the dead, walking around in the town. And the Bible says that the veil that separated the presence of God from everybody else was torn from top to bottom, signifying that that tearing was coming from heaven. It was, it was divine. And that tearing opened up the presence of God for anybody who had the code. For anybody who had the code. And so now the Bible says this in Hebrews 4, 16, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in a time of need. And so now we don't have to nervously approach God. We can come boldly. We can come confidently to the presence of God to obtain mercy and grace in a time of need. Why? Because he invited us in. You can come boldly because you've been invited. He wants to walk with you. He wants to be in your presence. He misses the days of Adam in the garden when Adam would just walk in the cool of the day and he would he would have the presence and, and the community with God. God missed that because it got stolen by the enemy. 
and sin came in and it separated us from God, but then Jesus came and separated us from sin and brought us into relationship, into the presence. So now we can come boldly to the throne of grace if we have access to the gate. The first gate that you need access to is the repentance gate. If you want to gain access into the presence of God, the first thing we have to do is repent. Repent just means change your ways, change the way you think. Repent means invite Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior. And literally, the presence will come in to your world. Psalm 24, 3-4 says this. It says, who may ascend into the hill of the Lord or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Verse 7, lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. So he's literally saying that we are a gate. That we are a gate, and, and if we want to come in, if we want the King of glory to come into our life, we want the presence of God to come into our life, all we gotta do is lift up the gate. All we gotta do is change the way we think. A pure heart and clean hands just is repentance. It's changing the way you think. It's now not, not, um, not using your hands for the thing of the world or your heart for the things of the world, but surrendering those things to God and lifting up the gate so the king of glory can come in. It's the gate of repentance. That's the first step to gaining access to the presence of God. The presence of God is where anything can happen, miracles, signs, and wonders. When you're in the presence of God, you can prophesy about circulation and the kingdom can travel to a different area and heal a woman of circulation issues. Because you're in the presence. The other day I got a text message and someone was telling me that on a Wednesday night I prayed for the congregation and some woman felt heat go through her, her body. And she went to the doctor and her endometriosis, which is your inner lining growing on your outer and it causes pain and discomfort and bleeding, was healed because she was in the presence. Weeks later, that same woman felt heat go through her body again on a Wednesday night. You need to come to Wednesday nights. And shortly thereafter, she was pregnant because she was in the presence. The presence is precious. It's precious. It's powerful. I want to teach you to get into the presence. I want you to live a life in the presence. I want you to desire the presence because in the presence, his plans are revealed. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. When you get to the gate of repentance... Whoever believes. Did you know it wasn't the love of God that sent Jesus to die on a cross? It was the so love of God. It was the so that motivated Jesus to leave heaven where there's perfection, where the will of God happens all the time. It was the so that motivated him to lead, leave heaven and be willing to crucify, to be crucified on a cross. It was the so that prevented God from reaching down in the Garden of Gethsemane and rescuing his only son when he was sweating blood because he was so distressed. 
wondering what it was going to be like to have the nails driven through his wrists and his feet, to be whipped on his back. It was the so that motivated him to go through the cross because he so loved you. I'm telling you, getting to the gate of repentance, it's worth it. It's worth it. It opens up the presence of God for your life. The second gate is the prayer gate. The disciples come to Jesus and they ask him, teach us to pray. And he says to them, when you pray, Luke eleven two, 2, say this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. I honor you as my God, as my Father. Then it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when you pray, you can actually pray, thy kingdom, thy presence come. And let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, you don't have to wait till you get to heaven to experience heaven. You can experience it right here through the prayer gate. You can experience his presence here. And here's the thing. We have a finite amount of time to pray this prayer because when you get in heaven, you don't got to pray this anymore. Because you already be in heaven and everything happens in heaven is already the will of God. So right now, while we're alive, right now, come on, I went to a funeral yesterday. We don't have, we're not promised tomorrow. Like, let's see heaven now come to earth. Let's pray that prayer now. Let's see his presence come now. Let's see signs, wonders, miracles, dreams, visions. Now, his presence. If you want to get into his presence, you need to go through the prayer gate. It will give you access. I call it a highway to heaven. Whew. Highway to heaven. The third gate is the worship gate. This happens to be my favorite gate. This happens to be the gate that is easiest for me to get into his presence. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. I combine gates often. Usually when I go to pray, before I pray, I put on worship music. And I just find, I just find as I begin to lift up the name that is above every name, as I draw near to him, he draws near to me. And I find that I enter into the presence of God very, very quickly when I begin to worship. And I can't even sing. But somehow, I think God recognizes the notes because they're only recognizable in heaven. <laughs> Maybe I can sing. It just sounds better up there because he still comes even when I sing. I like to turn on worship music and pray in tongues. So I don't know how to pray. I just pray in tongues and I don't have to think about what I'm praying about, but I can focus on the worship and pray at the same time. It's like the double whammy, dynamic duo, but I feel like I get into his presence. Psalm 22, 3 says, but thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel, or the praises of his people. The Bible says that God dwells in your praise, that as your praise go up, he dwells in them. His presence comes. The reason we start church with worship and praise is not because we need to waste time 
out of our day just so we can get to the preaching. It's because we want to bring heaven in the building so that stuff can start to happen, so that God can begin to speak to you, so that you can enter into a brand new realm. His presence. He inhabits the praises. John 4, 23, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. So your Father in heaven is seeking. Who's worshiping me? In spirit and in truth. Who's being real? Who's being vulnerable? Who's humbling themselves? Who's not just singing the words, but actually singing the words and believing what he's singing? Who's allowing his spirit to connect? Who is it? His father, he's watching, he's looking, not because he's insecure, but because he wants to draw near to those that are drawing near to him, those that are inviting him in. Worship is literally an invitation. Psalm 22, if you do a study, it's inviting him in. I know when my little cutie down here invites me into her life. Dad, look at this project I'm working on. Dad, do a YouTube dance with me like I did last night. It's going viral. But that's interesting to me. I want to be involved in that because she invited me in. Sons and daughters of God, when you invite your Father in heaven into your world, he'll come. You'll feel his presence. Let me just tell you this. Him being present is different than his presence. He's everywhere. He's omnipresent. But his presence, his presence is when you become aware that he's there. His presence is when you start seeing stuff happen. His presence is when you start hearing his voice. He's present everywhere, but I'm after his presence. That's what I'm after. The last one is the house gate. The house of God gate. Genesis 28, 11 and 12, Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Bible says, so Jacob came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And I like, I like that part about the certain place because it's not talking about a specific place, it's talking about a certain place. In other words, you can experience the presence of God anywhere. It's up to you. He's ready. He's waiting. So I like that it's just a, a certain place. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it under his head, and he lay down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamed. And behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, and its top reached to the heaven, and there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. So Jacob lays down, and all of a sudden he begins to dream. He begins to dream in this certain place, and he sees angels coming down from heaven to earth, and earth from earth going up to heaven. In other words, God is trying to show him that there's a relationship between the two. 
that heaven can touch earth and earth can touch heaven, that there's your prayers can be answered, that you can have actually a communication, a communion with God. He's not like the other gods where he's not going to respond to you. There's actually transactions happening in this spirit realm when you pray, when you dream, when you have visions, when you think about things, when you do things. There's transactions happening. There's a relationship, a connection between heaven and earth. And it's different than what happened earlier in Genesis. See, God... God God created or, or, or built the ladder. In Genesis 11, the people of Israel, or the people actually in the whole world are, have come together and they all speak the same language and the same speech and they're trying to build a tower that reaches heaven. And the Bible says, and they, and they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves. Jesus says, lose your life and you'll gain it. But they said, let me make a name for myself, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built, and then he scattered them everywhere. He confused their language and he scattered them. Here's the deal. You can't strive enough, work hard enough, build a tower high enough to reach heaven. The tower was built by men. The ladder was built by God. God's not asking you to strive and do good works to get to heaven. He's gonna come down from heaven and inspire you and empower you to do good works. Why? Because you love him, because he loves you. We can't strive hard enough to get to heaven. Genesis 28, 15 says, Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. I would suggest this. If you find a certain place where you can dream, if you find a certain place where God speaks to you, go back to that place. I like finding places where I feel comfortable expressing myself to God and where I hear his voice because you never know when you're going to need a word from God. I like to go to a certain place when I need a word from God. I like to go to a certain place because perhaps God needs to get a word to me. So when you find a place where, where you can dream and where you can connect with God, go back to that place. You don't have to limit it to that place, but have a place. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know, and he was afraid, not scared, but in awe. How awesome is this place, he said. Man, that I could dream, that I can realize that heaven's connected to earth. This place is awesome. This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. The house of God is a gate of heaven. It's an access point. It doesn't act as a wall to keep you out. It acts as a gate to let you in. When you come into this house, don't come in here just wanting to hear some good information. Come in here wanting to connect with the presence of God. When you come in here to the house of God, it's a gateway to the miraculous. I want you to step in here and go from that world literally into that world and encounter him, the God that died for you, the God that died for me, the God that treats his presence so precious that he would build a house of God where you can come and find it every single week every single Sunday, every single Wednesday, every single Tuesday morning. I'm telling you, if you wanna encounter the presence, 
Those are three places you can go every single week. You can guarantee three times a week I'm gonna encounter him. I'm gonna get in his presence because when you're there, he can reveal plans to you. He can speak to you. He can heal you. He can set you free. Might even introduce you to your spouse. It's an access point. John 1:51 says, and he said to him, most assuredly I say to you hereafter, you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Jesus is actually the latter. He's the one that connected heaven to earth. He's the one. He's the one that died for your sins and my sins. He's the one that set us free on the cross. He's the one, I wanna get into his presence. And the second you get saved, the second you say, Jesus, be my Lord and Savior, he sends his spirit to live in you. And this is gonna mess you up a little bit. But the Bible says that when Jesus was here, he's God in the flesh. He's the presence of God in the flesh. But he tells his disciples, it's to your advantage that I go away. Because I'm gonna send my spirit. And I'm gonna reestablish the relationship in the garden that I had with Adam where we could just walk together all the time. We could be in his presence, have access all the time. I'm trying to teach you today how to get into his presence. I'm trying to inspire you to want to get into his presence. I'm trying to practice his presence with you because you don't have to just come here to get it. You can go to your house. You can go to your place. Go to your car. You can sing worship anywhere. You can pray anywhere. You can repent anywhere. I have to repent. I do things I shouldn't do, think things I shouldn't think, treat people the way I shouldn't treat them. Repentance gets you right back in line. Cleans your heart, purifies your heart, cleans your hands, get right back into alignment. What I'm gonna do now is we're gonna, we're gonna stand to our feet and uh, the team's gonna sing a, a song. And here's what I want you to think about. Are there things in your life that you need to repent of? Maybe it's separating you a little bit. It doesn't have to be big things. Maybe you sped on the way here. I don't know. We'd all be on, on our knees probably. That one. Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's behaviors. Maybe it's the way, the thoughts that you're thinking. Maybe it's the way you've treated somebody. Maybe it's a uh, an addiction. Maybe it's unbelief. Maybe it's unforgiveness. Maybe you need to forgive yourself. If you need healing in this, in this place, just receive healing. Be healed in Jesus' name. If you need freedom, be free. If you need inner healing from past hurts or trauma, invite Jesus into that place. Where he is, healing is. If you have a broken heart, invite him in. 
He came to heal the brokenhearted. If you need to forgive somebody, he'll give you the power to do it. God, we lay down our crowns. We lay down those things that have separated us from you. We lay them down, and Lord, we pray that we would live a life like Adam did pre-fall, where he could walk in your presence. Lord, we thank you for the gates that you've given us to access you, to be with you. Lord, we don't count it. take it lightly. Count your presence as precious. Lord, I pray for each and every person here. I pray that that we would walk in, in your presence, that we would desire to be with you more often, that you would reveal that place for us. God, that we would see supernatural things happen in our life that we would have that we would literally have a relationship with our heavenly father that's between us individually and Lord we count it an honor and a privilege to be New Testament believers where we can access this where we can repent and align ourselves where we can pray and see the kingdom come where we can worship and walk into your presence where we can come into the house of God and experience you and encounter you Father we bless you Jesus into your life, I'd love you to come forward and talk to one of our ministers. Take somebody out to lunch Wednesday nights. Um, we'd love to see you Tuesday mornings, men's and women's prayer. We'd love to see you. Um, next, this month is February. It's the month of love. So there'll be some spicy things happening on Sundays, talking about relationships and all that fun stuff. Let me just bless you as you leave. Father, I thank you for these awesome people. Lord, I pray that you would give us opportunities to be the church this week. God, that we would recognize you, that we would recognize and be aware of your presence, not just that you're present. Lord, let us have a new sensitivity to the things of God. Lord, bless each and every person here. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com. 
or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.